0: Were we able to determine who had the dismissal prayer? Okay, James. Um, We have uh, spent the last month working up to tonight. Uh, Strap on your seatbelts. I told you this was going to be pretty rough in places because the Lord wanted to make an impression upon his uh, audience. And he does it big time with some some references that... uh, Uh, would not have been lost on them. It's easier to be, sometimes we hear these Bible stories and we get kind of numb to their full effect because we've heard them again and again and again. Turn to Luke 16 and verse 19 and we're going through the uh, end of the chapter. Very familiar story. But it is very thought-provoking, it's hard-hitting, and uh, it is very explanatory, very sobering. And that was the effect Christ wanted to have on people because he does not want any of his followers to land in uh, Gehenna or hell. And I said that correctly, Gehenna or hell. We'll get into that probably next week. There was outside the city walls a city dump called the Valley of Hinnon. And uh, the reason what, I think it was King Josiah that did it, he turned it into a city dump on purpose because it had been used for Baal worship. And the atrocities that were committed in that valley were just such that Josiah wanted to make sure that it could not be repeated, and said therefore he created a city garbage dump that was always burning; it was always on fire. And that is the reference that Jesus made to it. Basically, when they say they had their uh, the kings of Israel, can they think of the king of Israel having their own? child putting on put on the red hot molten arms of an idol and we're talking an infant that's what the Bible refers to when it says they passed through the fire it was infanticide but it was the worst kind of infanticide it was a sacrifice of infants to the god Baal and uh, it, it's incredible when we think of it but Josiah wanted to make sure it was never repeated again. So when we think of the valley of Hinnon, that's where Gehenna comes from. Okay? Fire that's never quenched. Worm dieth not. Okay? Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's kind of, well, our kids would say it's gross. But it's a it's this very powerful reference Uh Let's do this. Let's uh, go to Luke 16 and 19. There was a certain rich man. And I want you to listen for what is not here. Sometimes I tell that to a jury. Listen for what's not in here. Okay? When it comes to the rich man. The rich man was clothed clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. That means Lazarus's. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried uh, by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame and listen to the gentility but at the same time it's an absolute no But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father. He's really feeling that familial uh, uh, sensation that he should have felt during his lifetime. I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. You know, misery loves company. will not here. This is too much misery. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And that's not a harsh statement either. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead absolutely true because a lot of people didn't believe Jesus even after Jesus had risen from the dead they didn't believe Jesus' story but another, another thing Abraham is saying the, the the Bible is completely consistent now they didn't have the, the Bible all put together as we do obviously but the further you dig the more consistent it is uh, and that is what i think abraham had reference to is is you know you've got something that is internally consistent it is self-authenticating if they're not going to believe moses and the prophets then they're not going to believe some specter that appears out of nowhere okay and that's true that's absolutely true there was a certain rich man I, i said listen for what's not there did you notice there is no evidence of drunkenness There's no evidence that he uh, acquired his wealth by any ill means. There's no mention of any debauchery of any kind. Uh, There's no mention that he did anything. In fact, the rich man would be in the Jewish society at that time. Everyone would think he would be heaven bound because... The fruits of his life are so obvious. He must be a very godly man. And then no doubt, he kept all, he tithed, he kept all the, uh, uh, the Passover and all the uh, festivals, etc. He would have done everything right as far as that goes. But what he didn't have was a charitable heart. He did not have a heart. Uh, Lazarus was probably 20 feet from where the rich man was. The rich man knew he was there. He would not lift a finger to help him. In other words, his sin is that all this great wealth he consumed on himself. And one of the principles that we're going to get out of this is people choose to go to hell. I'll let you think on that a second. People make a choice to go to hell. How do they do that? By rejecting the option which is to accept the sacrifice that's in Christ. Christ has already paid the price. You accept Christ, you don't have to go to hell. You go to heaven. But if you reject Jesus, uh, then you've made a you've made a decision, and that decision is will land you. That's why they said, you know, rich man clothed in purple. We all know that that was a very extravagant fine linen. That's very extravagant dress fared sumptuously every day that's like gourmet food every day okay and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid so apparently Lazarus knew some people that would be kind enough to at least lay Lazarus at this man's gate and Lazarus is full of swords other than that Lazarus doesn't have a friend Rich man, got a lot of friends, no doubt. People that want to come and uh, and go to his festivals and his parties and whatever. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Well, basically back then, this is kind of gross to us, but back then they would use bread to kind of wipe their hands after a meal. And then they'd throw the bread away. That's what Lazarus was hoping for. He would settle for that. He would gladly settle for that, okay? Okay. So, there's some morals to this story. Number one. There is a hell. It's real. It's not figurative. It's not a story that uh, the church people tell you to to scare you into living a moral life. A moral life won't help you. Didn't help the rich man. Only acceptance of Christ will help you. Now, when we meet the rich man in this world he 's enjo- he's made a choice he 's living the life of Riley, as they say he 's enjoying his wealth, but he expends it all on self okay he doesn 't spend one brass farthing, as we say, uh, to help somebody else, including a man that he knows is near starvation, just out just just twenty so feet away is, is the the Commentaries that I've seen. And they both experience the same thing. They both die. Now there's a big distinction. The distinction is. Whereas in this life. The rich man had friends all over the place. Now Lazarus. Is carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Okay. Now that's a Jewish saying because when they would eat dinner they would recline to their left, and that would put you that's why i put john near jesus's bosom and that's he it's it's like reclining or enjoying the peace and the security of someone as a patriarch like abraham or yeah abraham that's what's going on there But he's alive. Both of them are alive. People in hell. Verse 23. And in hell he lifted up his eyes. They can see. They can see. This is part of their torment. They can see the people that are not in hell. They can see the people that are in Abraham's bosom. They can see the people that are enjoying a life of sacrifice or a life of service to Christ or whatever kind of life they lived, the Christian life they lived. They're enjoying that. And part of the torment of the rich man is he can see them. Part of the torment is all of this is being replayed in his mind. And every time, let's take some story that we're all familiar with some sweet lady tries to get her son or his grand, her grandson to go to church with him come on let's go to church with them. no 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 you go ahead you know, you, you know. say a prayer for me I'll, maybe I'll go someday yeah. that's he'll remember every time that sweet lady invited him to church in other words they will have a memory of this life and they will remember everything they did that landed, they being the ones in, in uh, uh, Hades is the proper way to say it. This is, a, this is a poor translation. It's actually not what is hell. This is not the permanent place. It's an intermediate step, but it's painful. It's got all of the uh, 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 the things we associate with hell, the pain, the fire, the, all of that. But there's another step to be done. And this is, this is the intermediate step. So he will have, in some way, he will be able to experience a pain unlike anything, well, it, it, we, we could not describe it. And this is something that's really been on my mind of late. I've, I've seen some, uh, some unexpected deaths of late. And, you know, people that would, you know, get in their car and they think they're going to run to the store or they're going to do this or they're just going to go to this seminar or whatever they're going to do and unexpectedly die. And they're good people. I mean, they are good good people, professional, responsible, all that type of thing. But if they were not in Christ, they will lift up their eyes in hell. And I cannot imagine. I guess the most extreme example would be uh, President John F. Kennedy. Uh... I was surfing the net one time doing some research on it. I don't know why I was doing it, but it was years and years ago, and I can't retrace it. I can't find it again. But I found a picture of John F. Kennedy uh, and Peter Lawford. And they had the Camp David ja- uh, the, jacket, Leather Jackets on, Camp David Insidia, had the Aviator sunglasses. I mean, you talk about two nice-looking men, and I'll tell you, the actor was, would come in second. The president was better looking than Peter Lawford, And he went from a position of power. Wealth. He was lauded by the, uh, uh, the country. He was still an incredibly popular president. And in about two seconds he was blasted into eternity. I, I, just, I just cannot imagine. But one thing's for sure. When he opened his eyes, wherever he was, I'm not his judge, but wherever he opened his eyes, he knew it was eternal. He knew it was eternal. And everything that had gone on before doesn't matter. And that's what I hope someone takes away from this study. Uh, Whatever, I've I've known some good, we've lost some pretty good attorneys locally of late. And uh, uh, excellent attorneys. When they breathed their last, all their legal skills died with them. Uh, I remember going to a seminar that uh, the guy was, I was driving away, I'll never, uh, and he was uh, the head of, not the head, he was the dean of the law school up there, and I thought, man, I wish I had a brain like that. I wish I had a brain that was that smart. And it wasn't two months later, I think it was aneurysm, I don't know that it was ever fully explained, but he was up uh, attending a seminar in Chicago and just passed out, went, and he was just, died right there and all of that brain all of that legal skill all of his uh, contacts and his reputation his reputation would remain for a while but it all went to nothing the only thing that matters at that point is what you've done with Christ you know interestingly uh, at the crucifixion one of the uh, best questions Pilate asked two really good questions he asked A what is truth good question More importantly, B, what shall I do with this man, Jesus? What shall I do with this man, Jesus, who is called the Christ? That question has resounded down through the centuries as being the pivotal question of everybody's life. What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with Christ? So he can see in verse 23. And they can hear. Matthew 13, 42. Cast them them into a furnace of fire where there should be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now that doesn't get it, I'm sure. Because what the rich man is experiencing is what we would call outer darkness. I will never forget. My aunt took us one time up to Silver Dollar City and uh, we went to a, for a, a tour of Mammoth Cave and I'm sure they've been doing it ever since. But I mean, you're way, 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 way down. And they turn out the lights. And you literally, I mean, they warned you, you know, they, they, they warned you, guide warns you that, so that nobody has a heart attack. But you literally cannot see your hand in front of your face. That's what hell would be like. Outer, outer darkness. Except that you know that you're surrounded by evil. And you know it's going to continue forever. And I'm sure that the scream It wouldn't be just moans. It would be screams. And it would be screams that, of dry throats. You remember Jesus cried, I thirst... Lazarus, or the rich man is having the same problem, and he's just been there a few minutes. Father Abraham, send Lazarus. See, this is his problem. He thinks Lazarus is still his servant. He not learned much yet. Maybe in a million years or so, he'll learn something. But he says, I thir- I'm, I'm tormented in this flame. Remember Jesus right before he voluntarily gave up his spirit, just like we said last Sunday. He said, I thirst... With crucifixion and fire and the, and the cross are, are pretty much equivalent. They're, they're one is a, the cross is a type of, of the fires of judgment. Okay? Christ said, I thirst. The rich man, the, uh, rich man here says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus... That he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Okay? So he can see, he can hear, and he can feel this. He's tormented in this flame. He can feel the fires burning him. So hell is a place of punishment. Now this I wrote down because it just the first couple of clauses here absolutely scare me more than than the uh, this is where I'm at Matthew twenty five and forty one the first couple of clauses I find more repugnant than the third Matthew twenty five forty one then he shall say unto them on the left hand he being Jesus depart from me <laughs> I don't ever want to hear Jesus say. This is your best friend saying this. You've got to bear in mind. You've got to get it the real, where the real impact hits you. The one who's always been there for you. The one, no matter what, how much you may have, have not been a friend of him. You may have kind of gone over the wall a little bit. In the back of your mind, he was always there for you. Now you got the definitive word from the master himself who says, Depart from me. And then he really lays it on you. Ye cursed. Ah. The next part compared to that. Is almost not as bad. Into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Who is this prepared for? The devil and his angels. Not prepared for us. This is why Christ. Goes out of his way. There's 162 references to hell and eternal judgment in the New Testament. Seventy were spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not want us going there. And that's why the that's the reason for this hard-hitting la, language. And he says in uh, Mark 9, 43-44, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. No matter what it is... That is keeping you from enjoying heaven or preventing you from going to the fires of hell. Get it out of your life, whatever it takes. Fit your hand, cut it off. You can enter enter with one hand, that's okay. You can go to heaven with one hand. But two hands in hell won't do you any good. Into the fire which shall never be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Okay, this is gross. The worm doesn't die until the flesh is consumed. In the Valley of Hinnon, it was a city dump. And they would not only throw all the things associated with the city dump that we have, they would also throw animal bodies there, but in all likelihood, that's where Lazarus' body went to. Had it not been for Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, that's where Jesus would have ended up, is the city dump. So they bravely rescued the master's body. But that was very commonplace. If a family did not have the money, did not have the resources to provide a tomb to bury their loved one, didn't have any friends, they're headed to the Valley of Hinnon, and they're basically just thrown on the fire. Place of fire. Place of thirst. Verses 24 and 25. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. My goodness, his, his uh, wants and needs have really been uh, changed dramatically, have they not? But Abraham said, Son, remember. In their lifetime thou receivest good things. You made a choice to receive these good things and not follow the Savior. Not follow the prophets, depending upon the, the time frame. him with, with the rich man, it would be follow the prophets and follow the law. It's a place of thirst. Person on a cross, like Jesus, said his tongue clung to his jaws. A person who is crucified experiences uh, incredible thirst, and the thing that I can't get over is that it's not even mentioned. Of course, crucifixion was pretty uh, uh, commonplace. Muscle cramps on a cross. Your muscles would cramp up, and everybody in, in their dog knows that all you got to do is stand up, and or at least used to. It was easier that way, but you stand up, and then, okay, it went away. Well, if you're on a cross, you can't stand up. Muscle cramps were very part of the, uh, much the part of crucifixion. So the, the cross is is uh, a type of hell, a place of pain, it's a place of wrath, and we talked about that. Habakkuk 3, 2. The prophet Habakkuk. O Lord, I have heard thy speech. The Lord answers him with these. I've got a reason for what I'm doing, Habakkuk. And was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of these years, make it known. In thy wrath, remember mercy. Don't be so caught up with your wrath that you forget your mercy this is, what's, this is how you wrestle with God you remind God of his high quality his high character his uh, attributes that's how you act according to your attributes mercy is one of you your mercy endureth forever don't wipe us out is what Habakkuk is saying. Well, in hell, there is no mercy. It is a place of wrath. I believe the uh, cup of wrath that... uh, is spoken of by Jesus. Father, take this cup from me. That's what he's talking about. The cup of wrath. God's wrath. Eternal wrath against sin. Nobody knows the Father like the Son. And even though he knew from the beginning this is coming now when he's there jesus is there in the garden it really hits him and that's what i believe caused the sweat drops of blood it just came down on him and 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 like a giant's foot on a worm he's about to experience the full wrath of his father against his against him and may i remind you please that jesus took on satan all the powers of darkness Caiaphas, Annas, the Romans as a man he did not rely on his divinity or he couldn't be our substitute I've still got ways to go in this but I, we, I've been trying to wrap it up about 30 or 35 minutes and that Chris assured me that uh, no preacher has ever been uh, Executed if he keeps it to about 25 minutes or so. So uh, uh, I'm going to stop right there, but we will take it from there. And I don't know uh, what we're going to do next week. Among the things we'll do next week, some of these term, terms are uh, thrown out rather loosely. They're interpreted uh, loosely. Hell is, and, and you've heard of... Uh, Gehenna you've heard of Hades you've heard of hell and and I'll distinguish what all these terms are basically and there's something interesting that goes on also after the death of Christ Uh, these folks that it could be argued these folks that went to Hades there's two parts of Hades one is comfort one is torment the uh, rich man is tormented Lazarus is in what is called paradise. Remember Jesus told the th- thief on the cross, Today you'll be with me in paradise. But Jesus had not gone to the Father. Don't hold me back, Mary. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Remember that? Well, now he has. And it may well be that uh, it could be argued from Scripture that a Christian who dies uh, goes directly to heaven. It could be argued that. I don't I haven't studied it enough to know but at that time before Jesus made that sacrifice there was there was Hades and there was a part of it was uh, a place of torment a part of it was a place of comfort it was the same place very distinct Jesus uh, the God the Father The Holy Spirit have made every, every effort to make sure that we do not have to ever experience what hell is like. Uh, Chris said something this morning that I wrote down uh, because I thought it was very important. Uh, He said, you're responsible for living and walking, being a living and walking sermon. Uh, You're responsible What we do out there, you're the sermon. A preacher will preach for, and I don't put myself in the league of a preacher. I I can accept this if I think of it as teaching a class. For some reason, that works better. But you all are the sermon Christ works through us, okay? You're the sermon that people see during the week. And I think that's what Chris was saying. And I think that's a marvelous thing to be a representative of Christ. Yes. John Paul. You may. yeah it's that <clears throat> and i and I, and john paul i, I hope everybody in, in any of the classes that i and some of chris's, chris's classes i'm almost gone uh, 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 but that I, I didn't do it but anybody that has anything to say that's fine another term is, that is used is shio we've heard that term thrown out too. So I'll go, and I'll go, that's a temporary place for disembodied souls of the dead. So I'll make all of those terms clear, as clear as I can, next week. So that when you see these, because sometimes it is, some of it is poor translation. But some of it, when you go all the way back, is there's an increasing light, enlightenment of mind of, our, uh, of, of the prophets and the ones who gave us the scripture. So, uh, Sheol and Hades are described as being in the heart of the earth. They're always thought of as being under the, you know, just what in the old, new children, under the earth. But hell is definitely the place of eternal punishment. We, Christ has paid the, pri- the price that we can't even understand the price he paid because, again, we can understand physical punishment that was the point I was trying to make last Sunday I don't know if I made it or not but that was, he, he, physical punishment is really there's nothing extraordinary about crucifixion because a lot of people went through that but Christ's separation from his father that is highly extraordinary you talk about a man alone for us he was absolutely alone in the way he had never been before but he would do it again. He won't ever have to do it again. But when he gets through, he says, "It was worth it. It was worth it." If there's anybody that's subject to the uh, invitation, I ask that you uh, come forward. We'll uh, pray with you or attend to whatever needs you have. Um, uh, the uh, for those who were not here this morning. The communion has been prepared. It will be in room 100. And uh, I, are we going to have one more song, Ron? Ah, okay. I'm glad. I, that's right. You said I was paying attention. And then James will, James will uh, dismiss us.